the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 14 to 21. For a long time, I've held my peace. I've kept still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn the rivers into islands and dry up the pools. And I will lead the blind in a way they do not know. In paths they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do. I do not forsake them. They are turned back and utterly put to shame who trust in carved idols, who say to metal images, you are our gods. Hear you deaf, look you blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one? Are blind as the servant of the Lord. He sees many things but does not observe them. His ears are open but he does not hear. The Lord is pleased for his righteousness sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the Old Testament lesson of Isaiah that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the fourth Sunday in Lent 2023. He's coming to save us from our sins for him. It seems like God is somewhat subdued these days. If we watch the news... If we look carefully at the world and the movement of governments, armies, and cultural social engineers, it appears as if God is not there. As you look at federal laws being passed, you realize they're frequently not in alignment with biblical values. When we go out into the new virtual world to make our virtual place in it, references to our Christian teachings are often censored or shadow banned so you don't always know your message is not getting out. In a way, God does appear to be absent. Now, there is a movement of sorts of people trying to protect their Christian values as well, but that appears to be falling under more like Christian nationalism and may or may not be interested in the gospel of Christ as much as it is in the culture of Christianity. So the jury is still out. Whether that is God speaking or not, which, based on the prophecy of Isaiah today, leads me to believe it's not God speaking. Because when he does, there is no denying he is there. I don't know how many of you have ever seen a woman give birth. (laughs) There is no denying a baby is on its way. I will never forget the first time I saw it in high school. They made us watch it for sex education. And there was no doubt in my mind right then and right there, she was on her own. Oh, sure, there were doctors and nurses in the room. Yes, her husband was by her side encouraging her. Of course, there were machines that told them vital information about her blood pressure and the like. But when it boiled right down to it, nobody, and I mean nobody, helped her with the pain and agony of bringing that baby into the world. She had to bear it all on her own. 
and she knew no one in the room could empathize with what she had no choice but to do. Bring that baby into this cruel, cold world. So women who have given birth understand God like none of us can. And God understands them like no one that hasn't given birth either can. For God was all on his own watching in silence as the people of God caused him pain beyond even the pain of childbirth with their sins against him. Having given them a homeland and protection from their enemies all around, they nearly immediately started chasing after gods that gave them nothing at all. They erected altars, monuments, statues, and made sacrifices to gods that they carved out of wood and finished with melted gold and thought it would actually answer their prayers. If ever there was a virtual living, this was it. They virtually believed in gods they virtually created that virtually gave them everything they wanted, virtually. And so many people brought into the ruse, it actually drove the economic and political landscape and isolated the true believers who did not buy into the ruse. I've been fascinated by the ability of our world to fool people into thinking something is real when in fact it's nothing at all. It's a bit dated now, but for a while in the early 2000s, there was a program, Total Request Live, that appeared to be completely spontaneous. Famous people would just show up and the host, Carson Daly, would spontaneously invite people off the streets of New York to come into their makeshift studio and everybody would talk about the latest pop stars and cultural happenings. It was exciting and connected and just the coolest thing happening to the coolest age group. Unfortunately, it was all a lie. Everything was carefully orchestrated and scripted. The audience was even specifically recruited and instructed on what to say and how to act in the studio to have the appearance of being the coolest kids in the city. Marketing companies cleverly placed products all over the place to make it look like things Carson just used on a daily basis. And his casual use of these items would skyrocket their sales shortly after. Nothing was spontaneous, nothing was organic, and nothing was just happening right there, right now. It was planned, focus grouped, and then sold to the very people they were trying to fool as the solution to everything they would ever want. Like I said in last week's sermon, a classic solution looking for a problem. Now this is idol worship. Programmed, orchestrated, organized, and constantly promoted to keep us interested in the profit of others at our expense, and now even at the very expense of the gospel itself. The idols are still there. They're just packaged under clever marketing with red, blue, and green company logos that tell us every day our biblical worldview needs to take a seat and let the new anti-family social engineers take over with whatever they're saying today that will likely contradict whatever they said yesterday. Good luck with that world. We, on the other hand, are going to pay attention to what has been true for over 1,700 years and will continue to be there for us even forever. The word of God, canonized, clear, faithful, and true for all people, all cultures, for all time. 
And this is what it told the people of God in Isaiah's day and applies more than ever for us today. When God starts speaking like a woman in childbirth, panting, gasping, and screaming all at once, oh dear, my dear brothers and sisters, you're gonna know it. Truly, mountains and hills will be flattened by the power of his voice. All vegetation will wither on the vine and rivers will become dry islands. Biblical end of the world stuff, people. Just like Peter Venkman said in Ghostbusters, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. But then the prophecy to Isaiah takes a decided turn in verse 16. I will lead the blind. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light. What is God saying here? What does he mean? I mean, I was expecting the metal band disturbs type of God who sings in their song, The Vengeful One. He's observing the chaos, taking in the lack of raw humanity. It's as if the entire world's fallen in love with their insanity. Hear the innocent voices scream as their tormentors laugh through all of it. No forgiveness from all I've seen. The degradation I cannot forget. So sleep soundly in your beds tonight. For judgment falls upon you at first light. I'm the hand of God. I'm the dark Messiah. I'm the vengeful one. After all, that's what we deserve. Oh, sure, it's easy to say, but we didn't make any idols, Pastor. Didn't we, though? Or if we didn't do it, did we not stand by and simply let it happen? Oh, how easy it is to make idols today or just purchase them for $39.99 online. You know, the suggested donation. Like the paper prayer blankets that were being sent around some years ago. Apparently, some Christians were jealous of all the Muslims who had all their personal prayer blankets they knelt on seven times a day praying to Allah. So someone sent out a folded up paper prayer blanket for free and suggested that the $39 donation would bring a blessing upon their home and family. Now that only took one week of Bible study to correct that misnomer. Or the famous Touched by an Angel shows that led to the rise of angels being purchased for the home with the assurance that these statues would protect them. Can only imagine the horror of the archangels Michael and Gabriel when they saw us doing that. They know better than anyone their job is to serve the one who we should worship and never intercede for us or hear our prayers. We even go so far as to leave our Bibles on the shelf with our important documents on the inside cover and treat it like a relic to reverenced rather than open and devote ourselves to what it says. Go home today and see how much dust is on your family Bible. I know ours is pretty bad. Are we so deaf? Are we so blind? Is it me? It's me? I'm the problem, it's me. Yes, it is, Mark. Indeed, it is. And you as well, my beloved brothers and sisters in Christ. But this is the good news. God tells us today, who is blind but my servant? Who is deaf but my 
messenger. God clearly picks the most ridiculous people to send out who will undeniably give all the glory to God. 1 Corinthians 1 bears this out, saying, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We are the blind, the deaf. We can't see or hear or even boast of him unless God enables us to do so as he teaches us in 1 Corinthians 12. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Apart from God, we can do nothing. But that is really good news for all of us who are deaf and blind in spiritual matters. Because the truth is, I don't know much when it comes to God. I know, a pastor should never say such a thing. But it's true. When you compare what we know with what there is to really know about God. So we can all confidently say, none of us really know anything. But we do know him. We know by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can trust God perfect in Christ. Like when I look up to the cross where he died for my sin. I know he's no longer gasping at my shame. Rather, he's delighting in my salvation, one in his name. That's when we realize the real point of God's return in Isaiah today. He's no longer the vengeful one to those that are saved in his son's name. And he is not coming to judge us for our sins. Rather, he is coming to save us from our sins for him. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.